Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Doc Jen. And I'm Dr. Dom, and we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and PT pearls to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions. Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in. All right. One of the things that I love about my Vivo Barefoot shoes is not only are they absolutely functional, they've finally freed my feet and I hate sticking my feet in other shoes now. (laughs) They've destroyed me. But honestly, I get so many compliments on them. And I'm not just saying this, okay? I really do get a lot of compliments. And so there's a new shoe that Vivo Barefoot is actually coming out with, and it's called the Geo Shell. This one is inspired by more of like a retro kind of feel, which I'm so excited about because that's something I actually really appreciated about some of the other brands. They'd kind of bring back old styles and make it more retro. And it just adds the stylistic aspect to it, especially if you want to dress it up and you don't necessarily want to be wearing these shoes every time you just work out, right? Which is what I do. I wear them with jeans. So I'm really excited to try out these GeoShell. Go check it out. Go to Vivo Barefoot right now. You get 15% off We've had a code change, so make sure you use code T-O-B so that you get 15% off. That is T-O-B, like the Optimal Body Podcast. Go check out the shoes and go check out Geo Shell. All right, diving in on bunionettes. We talked a little bit about bunions in a previous episode, which is kind of when we get that bump on the inside of the foot by the big toe. Now we're going to take it to the other side of the foot, the the fifth toe, when we kind of get that bump on that side. Yeah, And it's funny because I remember like posting about bunions when we obviously when we did the podcast, I post about it on Instagram and people were asking, well, what about bunionettes? And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, it's like the same thing, guys, but I totally get it. It's on a different side of the foot. There's different structure. So don't worry. We're here for you. We're going over it. (laughs) So what's actually going on with a bunionette? I mean, it's also called the Taylor's bunion because... Tailors, if you don't know, are the people that work on our clothes and they often sit with their legs crossed and we're just putting a lot of pressure on the outside of that foot. And then they say, oh, tailors will often more will more often have bunionettes um, compared to the normal person because they're putting a lot of pressure on the outside of that foot, kind of giving that foot less space to work on a consistent basis. So again, it's when we get that bump at the end of our fifth metatarsal, which is the bone that is kind of going right up to our fifth toe, our pinky toe, inside the foot. Mm -hmm. And so all you need to know with these big fancy terms is the body really likes to crave this idea of balance, right? So if my the bone inside is going to start to pull away from the other bone. So we have the fifth, which is the pinky toe bone. Think about that. And then the fourth right next to it, right? And if that fifth starts to kind of go away from that fourth, well, then the pinky toe is going to be like, well, I need to balance this out. And it's going to pull back in toward the big toe or toward the other toes. And so all of a sudden we start to form this bump right on the outside of that foot, like right below that pinky toe. And that's that bunionette that begins to form. So we get the splaying is what they call it of the fifth metatarsal or a laterally rotated fifth metatarsal. Yeah. And I think that's an important distinguishment to make is because a lot of people just think, oh, it's just going straight up to the side. So it's just that lateral deviation or splaying of that fifth toe. But again, like when the metatarsal is anchored into our tarsal bones or kind of the other foot bones, it's going to have to rotate a little Mm -hmm. bit as that goes out. And that's more important to me when we talk about some 
surgical options, which I kind of want to come back around to that when we talk about surgical options that people like to think we can use just to correct the structure. But I think we're forgetting a little bit about that rotation when we do that. Right, exactly. I mean, that's everything within the body, right? We always want to think. fix how it looks. (laughs) So robotically, but it's like, well, the body rotates and it moves and it bends and it goes in all these different directions. Very fluid. Again, our feet have pretty much all the same structures as our hands and should be able to do all those same motions. So again, if you look at how much your pinky finger moves, that's what our pinky toes should do. And mine don't quite do that yet. I've been working on them a lot and they've (laughs) come a long way. But let's talk about the three types of bunionettes. Yeah, when we were looking into them, we saw that they kind of categorized bunionettes into three types. So Mm -hmm. type one had to do more with that metatarsal head or the end of that long metatarsal bone just growing itself and having more so kind think of, of like your knuckle kind of growing right yeah under that pinky toe totally and it basically becomes like a big pinky toe knuckle and then type two is they call it more of a congenital deformity or something that you might be born with or something that might be a little more genetically driven where we actually get like a bending or a curving of that fifth metatarsal type three has to do more with i think kind of what we generally think about where that angle between our fourth metatarsal and our fifth metatarsal is just widening. Right, exactly. And that's going to be the most common type that we're seeing. Yeah. And what's great about if if the foot is starting to move because of something that we're doing, well, then can it move back the other way? Right. And so yeah. and I think that's the great thing. It's not that like type two, you're born with it, you know, and yeah. there's certain things that we can do, which we're going to go dive into. However, type three is something that's starting to form over time. And so if it's something that's starting to form other t- over time, that's the amazing thing about the human body. It's the ability to adapt. So if it adapted one way, it has the ability to adapt the other way. We just got to give it some tools and some love to do that. And a lot of the times people are only having symptoms in these things like when they're wearing certain footwear, mm-hmm. when they're doing certain things um, that might be activities they're not used to, and then their their bunionette starts to flare up. So right. again, a lot of people aren't having symptoms, symptoms in these things at rest. That tells me that we have a lot of space and a lot of flexibility to be able to do some things behaviorally in life that we're going to talk about later in order to help support our foot within this state. It's not about the bunionette. It's about what symptoms might be coming up that are preventing me from doing the things I love in life. Exactly. And so we see this most common in like adolescents and adults, but it's two to four times more common in women and usually seen bilaterally, which means on both feet and not (laughs) uncommon, right? Because if you're doing wearing one type of shoe on one foot, you're probably doing it the same on the other foot. So very common to see it on both sides. And then we always like to, you know, as humans, we like to see like what's causing this. We we yeah. try to hone in on one specific cause, which generally it's a lot of different things, both that we do or that have to do with our external environment mm-hmm. um, that might be contributing to this. So if we look at extrinsic um, environmental things or things outside of our body that might contribute to it, it has to do more with footwear or things that might more tightly bind our feet and not quite give us that space. And also, if we're doing certain activities that will laterally load our foot a lot more or load the outside of that foot a lot more. And that could have to do with some biomechanics or things Mm -hmm. that are internally driven, intrinsic processes that might result in us externally putting a lot more load through the outside of that foot. Exactly. And then when it lo- when we look at like those intrinsic factors, so things that are happening in our body that are kind of driving this process within bunionettes, I mean, that's where we can look at, well, 
what was the structure of your feet when you were born? Maybe it's congenital. Maybe you had these deformities at birth. And so it's not something that deformed or or happened over time. Uh, we also have to look at malalignments that could happen from surgeries. Uh, we also get to look at like inflammatory things that can be happening within mm-hmm. the body. So those are all intrinsic factors that could cause some of this to happen. But I think we also like say if it's an inflammatory thing, but yet you're also doing these external things with not wearing good shoes and all that other stuff. Well, then there's both causes and factors. Yeah, what's driving that inflammatory right. process that then might result in that type one of the mm-hmm. growing of the head or the knuckle causing just a lot more bony substance in that area. So again, it's it's not generally one or the other. We always right. try to like bucketize these things like, is it nature or is it nurture? Like usually a little bit of both. So yeah, let's, let's look at the whole process. Yeah, let's try to stop honing in on one specific thing and then keep a broader picture. Exactly. Well, the good thing about it is that we know that non-operative treatments have a 75 to 90% success rate. Yeah. 75 to 90% success rate of non-operative treatments for bunny nets. That is really significant. So I love that we found that stat. And even in that paper that we found that specific stat, which was more of like a meta-analysis type, so it grouped a lot of different papers, it didn't even really talk about rehab or exercise processes or things that we can do with like a therapist or exercises in our own home. It talked more about changing your footwear, Mm -hmm. maybe getting some padding in the shoes that might be irritating you. So there's not as much rubbing on the outside, shaving down our calluses. So that means more pedicures. pedicures. I'm totally fine with that one. (laughs) I'm down. I am a man who's not ashamed to say that I love pedicures. I mean, why would any man be ashamed to say that? Who doesn't want their feet taken care of? Come on. Yeah, I don't know. Um, So yeah, and and again, a lot of those things didn't include exercise, which is what we're going to talk a lot about at the end. Right, exactly. And, you know, so when we're thinking operatively, There are some things that they did talk about that we need to be, you know, kind of looking out for because sometimes what can happen are there's these overcorrections or undercorrections. And what we're looking at really when we're going under surgery, that is we're literally only looking at structure. We're not looking at function. We're not looking at, well, after you're you're leaving here, like what shoes are you necessarily getting into and what are you doing in your lifestyle and are you going to be working out and Sometimes yeah. you don't even get referred to PT. Yeah. And I think, again, when, when I was looking at the list, there was like 15 different types of surgeries that they might do for this specific, you know, bunionette. I, I, when they were talking about the condylectomies and the exosectomies, I think I said those fancy. right. Yeah. Fancy words. <laughs> again, anytime you hear ectomy, it means cutting something out. So basically just cutting part of the condyle, which is that big head of the metatarsal or cutting uh, exosectomy just literally means cutting excess bone out. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we over or under correct that, again, that's where they saw a lot of the, the reoccurrence of these things happening. Or this is where, again, if we just try to correct that lateral deviation without taking into account that the bone has rotated and then we just kind of put it back and, and jam it back in place, it, it's still sitting there rotated, but now in the normal place it's supposed to be. So yeah mechanically that doesn't make a ton of sense to me and i think that's where they found that when it's just doing one of these procedures without having any sort of additional like change in the external structures or change in the the exercises and stuff that we're doing um they may not be as successful but for some 
cases where you might have a huge malalignment because of something congenital right? or have that type one where you just have huge amounts of overgrowth and that's just getting shaved down. Um, that's where they might see a some some benefit or some more positive outcomes from these surgeries. Yeah. But again, come back to that 75 to 90 percent success rate without treatment, yeah. right? Without going under the knife and to know that that's possible. And I think that's like that's always the thing. It's possible. Will it be a quick fix? No. How long did it take to adapt the foot into developing this bunionette? Like, can you look? <laughs> yeah. Can you look back at pictures when you were a kid? Did you have it then? <laughs> you know. And so, yeah. it's it's kind of like I like to think of this analogy too of like when we have kids from sitting on crisscross applesauce on the floor. And then we stick them in chairs for the rest of their lives, right? And at desks. And it's the same thing. We're, we're free and we're playing and we're barefoot and running in mud and who cares? And then we go and we stick our, our feet in shoes for the rest of our lives. Oh, and expect to like mm. that there's not going to be some changes or something that's going to happen. Like, yeah. come on. I, I mean, really, when I think back, the first time when I was in fourth, fifth, sixth grade is when I started getting these tiny little basketball shoes and like mm -hmm. jamming my feet into tiny Nikes. Sorry, not sorry. Nikes were the <laughs> worst thing for my feet growing up because it was always what the team shoe was or the most popular shoe. And I have these fat wide feet <laughs> that just didn't fit into all of the slimmest, newest brands. But for my whole athletic and sports life, I was just trying to cram them into these yeah. tiny shoes. Yeah. And let's see your pinky toe now. And my pinky toe is just... He likes to dive and it hide. He likes but, to hide, uh, if you can imagine uh, on the podcast. Yeah, but that's so, okay. It's being, it's better. It, it's better. You're it's, working it's on it. It's definitely better. In the past two years, <laughs> it is getting some movement and yeah. and like likes to come out from hiding a little bit now. <laughs> and really, so you know where we're gonna go with this. I'm pretty sure you're already like in the back of your head. Know that we're gonna say. Vivo barefoot shoes, getting your feet sure. out of these prisons, because I am telling you, like, it makes such a difference. Like now, even going from wearing my Vivos, which I wear on a daily basis, to if I try to put on different shoes, even like Nikes or regular running shoes or just whatever I used to wear, because I don't even know anymore. <laughs> it's different. It literally feels different. I yeah. feel a constriction in my toes. I remember on your birthday, we wanted to like dress up and I put on some of my old like dress shoes that are, are super nice and pretty expensive. And it was like a couple hours and I had to like take them off at dinner because <laughs> I'm yeah. like, these things are awful. Like, I don't know why or who decided that fancy clothes had to be extraordinarily uncomfortable right? and really bad for our feet. But well, that's where it's just like I, I feel for the fashion industry. So if you're listening to, you, to this and you're like, well, I work in an office where I have to wear heels and I have to look a certain way, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like yeah. something, maybe send this to your boss so they can understand what's happening with your feet because, and not just the feet, right? Like what's happening all throughout the entire mm. structure then because the what we're putting our feet into and especially those pointed heels, like, I, I got a new pair and I still haven't worn them, but I remember even trying them on. They're super cute, but oh my goodness, <laughs> my toes hate these shoes. Haven't even worn them for a full like two minutes. <laughs> yeah. And my toes are dying. And our feet are supposed to, I mean, they have all the same structures basically that our hands do. Yeah. And they're supposed to be able to do all the same things. Toes go in and out. Toes should bend and flex. 
Again, we have that rotation from the pronation and supination that we get of our hands. Our feet should do the same thing. So as mm -hmm. soon as we start binding them up and not letting those toes move, we're eliminating our feet, our feet, our foots, our feet's ability <laughs> to do what they need to do to be able to operate normally all the way up the chain. Yeah, exactly. It starts at our base of support. It starts at our feet. So how are we treating those feet? And what space are we allowing them for act to actually activate and move? We have all these little intrinsic foot muscles around the around the feet, and we shut those muscles off if we're only worried about that external support. So say it's like, okay, well, I'm going to use orthotics. I'm going to use a wide toe box. Even if those wide toe box, they still kind of come in at the edges where it's wider than sure, maybe a regular shoe, but it's still like, I still find it different than like the Vivo barefoot where it just looks like a, a shoe it, or a foot. It looks like a real foot, you know? And so there's no change in structure. And I think that's really what we're trying to say, especially if you, if you try these Vivo barefoot shoes, it takes time for your body to get used to it because now all of a sudden your muscles, which have been shut off and squished, yeah. have to work. Especially when we talk about arch support like mm -hmm. where is your arch support is it inside your foot or is it inside your shoe yes and all of us have the arch arch support inside our foot as well so if we're using those external orthotics or external structures to be able to provide support to our foot then we just continue telling our foot like you can't support yourself mm -hmm. and you need this rigid external structure to be able to have any support and so then if we're ever found barefoot if we're ever trying to do something that is a little bit more intense or at a higher like level as far as exercise goes than we're used to, then our feet might hurt because yeah. we've been telling them this whole time, like, hey, you can't do this on your own. Yeah. So basically get different shoes. <laughs> yeah, that's one of them. Or take, take the time to let your feet breathe and get your yes. feet out of those shoes. Like if you're in an office, if you're sitting at a desk, like take off your shoes, wiggle your toes around, do yes, that for like please. five minutes every hour and mm -hmm. it will make a world of difference. Or go get Vivos and use code Optimal15. <laughs> because you'll get 15% off and you'll love your life after it. Yeah. It's truly like a game changer. I even have my mom in them now. Um, also, go barefoot at home. And and mm. I understand, you know, the draw to like want to wear slippers or something on your feet. Can you get like really wide slippers or really wide um, like I like to wear slipper socks, but they're not constrictive at all because you'll find that even socks can feel a little bit. Looks like a Christmas stocking. The socks that you wear. <laughs> Thank <laughs> something you. you might <laughs> something you might hang up on your on your fireplace for you know what? for the holidays. They're warm, especially when we're in Minnesota, and oh, yeah. they do the job. <laughs> <laughs> and they have so much space in them. So yeah, again, so you're not space. just binding up the even some wool socks. I'll put some wool socks on and be like, ooh, this is too tight on my mm -hmm. feet, and I'll have to like either stretch them out or make sure I get a bigger size that I don't feel like my feet are getting suffocated while I'm wearing them. Exactly. And if you can go barefoot, go barefoot. If you can go out in the grass, if you can do something different with your feet, like get them out of shoes in general and start to feel your feet again, start to bring some awareness. And then that's where we go into, you got to exercise. You got to work. We yeah. have to work not only our feet, but we got to work up our legs and in our hips and in our core. Like, we got to move. That is that mm -hmm. is the way that we adapt the body is through movement, not through external hard things that are just going to try to do the work for us. No, we get to do the work, which is so empowering. We have the ability to change and adapt. We just have to give it the the tools to do that. 
Totally. And I know a lot of people out there are thinking like, oh my gosh, now I have to take time every day to exercise my feet. Uh, again, you don't need to make extra time. You can just find ways to work your feet while you're doing the things you normally would do any yeah. day. Like who sits down at the end of the day for even 10 minutes and reads a book or watches Netflix or streams something. Or even if you're sitting on a computer doing something online at home, put your socks between your toes, yes. create your own toe spacers, buy a little toe spacer of sorts. Like mm -hmm. it's a great way to just, again, push our toes into a more passive stretch, you know, passive stretch so that we can get our toes used to, okay, all day we might've had to spend time in those tiny little shoes, but mm -hmm. now it's safe for us to go into this more stretched or passively spread place. And it doesn't have to be for very long, five to 10 minutes. Yeah. That's it. That's all you have to do. Dom and I even take our toe spacers now when we go and travel places because yeah. it's just good to like, if I'm going to be relaxing, let me put this in my toes and it just feels good. And then the moment you take it out, now make it active. Now see if you can, like your hand, can you spread your toes actively apart from each other? Can you make them wave? Can you do some fancy things? Can you just move the pinky? Can you just move the big toe? You know, like yeah. experiment with things. And at first it's going to be like, there is no connection from my brain to my foot. <laughs> and that's, that's how it's going to feel. Like I'm telling it to move. It's not moving. But the more you do it, the more often you do it, the better yeah. it's going to come. And I promise you, your feet are going to thank you. Because when's the last time you've sat there and consciously tried to be like, okay, toes, move. Yeah. Do this thing like pinky toe, go outward. Or can I raise my big toe and leave all my others still and then raise all my other toes and leave my big, big toe still? Like you'll be thinking about it being like, this is not going to happen because we haven't done it in, in so, so long. And so those motor patterns just aren't really there. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a neurologic thing. We need to take time to build those and nurture those so that after six to eight weeks, we'll start to notice, hey, there is more of a connection there and my toes are doing what I'm telling them to do. Exactly. And then when you do it so often, you go get your pedicure to get that callus shaved off, you know, <laughs> and you no longer need the spacers between your toes. That's like my new favorite thing of the year is because I've gone and they don't put the things between my toes. And I've even gone with a friend and she had the things between her toes, but I didn't have the things between wow. my toes because I naturally have that space now. I'm like, wow. So those pedicure goals that I'll be chasing. <laughs> pedicure goals. I, I definitely. You don't need the space between the little <laughs> cloth or what is it? Paper towels between their toes anymore. They do it on their own. Magic. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, if you do this enough someday, you won't need that pedicure spacer yourself. <laughs> Yeah, send me a photo when you when they do it. I take like a story of it every time. I'm just so amazed at the adaptability of our body and when we give it the yeah. space. And we've talked we talked in the beginning of of what happens, you know, with those bones in the foot, if that bunionette where it's it's laterally pulling and it's rotating. Well, the only thing that's going to pull it back and rotate it the other way are muscles. And yeah. so we get them to move, we get them to wake up, we get them to actually function with our feet and then the rest of our body as we get strong, it's going to improve. And a lot of people will say like, oh, well, yeah, that's great, but I'm old and my feet aren't going to change or my feet aren't going to do that. Mm -hmm. You mentioned your mom and how yeah. she's been in Vivos and she's been doing different foot stuff since she's seen you posting more about it. And she even said, like, I was there when we were at a family gathering. She just like, oh my gosh, my bunion's going away. Yeah. She said her pain is gone. The inflammation has gone down significantly and her bunion is changing and she's in her upper 60s. Boom. It's possible. 
And that was amazing because we were all talking about elements in the body, but no one like probed her to say anything yeah. about the exercises she's been doing. She was just so revved up. She's like, I need to share something. Yeah. I was like, um, do you have before and after photo? Can I get this? Yeah, can, can I get proof of that this? Quick? Like, <laughs> so it's not just coming from us. It's other people that use vivos or do these foot exercises. You can notice a pretty quick difference in the way that your feet feel if you just change something up a little bit consistently. So get them. Optimal 15. Try them out. Thank you again for joining us on yet another PT Pearl. We just appreciate you so much. And of course, if you need more visuals for each PT Pearl, they are over at DocGenFit on YouTube. There is a whole section for the PT Pearls from the Optimal Body Podcast that you can use to really see what we're talking about. And don't forget, if you really like this, if you're learning from it, share it out, share it with your community. Tell us what you're learning. Rate and subscribe to the episode because there's going to be so many more goodies and PT Pearls along the way. And if you're ready to dive in even deeper, don't forget we have an Optimal Body membership with an incredible community of movers learning with us and moving in their body. Until next time, thank you again.